What is discipline? What is the true meaning of discipline? And how can we discipline our children in a way that's effective, meaningful, and peaceful? What I'm going to share with you is what I believe is the true meaning of discipline or what I wish it to be. It's a little uncomfortable to hear this, but also empowering, which is just the way we like it around here. Am I right? Now, at the end of this episode, I have a special invitation for you that I don't want to miss. So stick with me for that. You're listening to The Parenting Junkie Show, the place to go to love parenting and to parent from love. I'm your host, Avital. I'm Avital. Welcome to the Parenting Junkie Show. I'm a mindful parenting coach. I'm the mother of four. My goal is to help my fellow imperfect, intentional parents say goodbye to the clutter, the chaos, and the conflict, and find actionable tools to reclaim peace, presence, and play for your family. I share these ideas, the ideas that are working for me in my family, and that are working for the thousands of members in our community. Um, But please, never take anything I say as prescriptive or as dogmatic, and only take what works for you. You are unique, your children are unique, and your circumstances are unique. And so only you know what works for you. Today, I'm going to talk about the incredible pressure we're under to discipline our children as parents. Have you ever been told you need to discipline your child or take control of your child or you're the parent, you've got a discipline? Or maybe you haven't been explicitly told that by anybody, um, but our cultural dictates say so, right? They tell us that we need to discipline our children, that if our children are screaming in the supermarket or hitting a friend or grabbing a toy or speaking rudely, then it's up to us, the parents, to discipline them. But then we can sometimes feel very confused about what that even means. There are many different ways of understanding that expectation. I think typically in mainstream parenting, And mainstream culture, the expectation when someone says discipline your child, the expectation is that you'll punish them, that when they do something wrong, you will bring about pain, suffering, frustration, or take away something that they like in order to discipline them and and show your disapproving uh, feelings towards that and thereby ward off any future behaviors or at least just bring retribution so that you feel satisfied and the people around you, the the viewers of, of this, you know, whatever behavior was offensive to them, they can all feel satisfied like something was done, right? And the trouble is that you and I, the people in this community, I think, believe that punishments don't work and that they actually backfire, right? In the long run, punishments cause more rebellious activity or more sneaky activity or more self-centered behavior from our children and they fail to teach the lessons that we want to teach of you know being good collaborators being cooperative being helpful being kind to others caring for the planet caring for belongings and caring for people we know that that's not going to work very well But we also feel an urge to do something when our child misbehaves, an urge to react, to respond, to show them our, you know, our disapproving feelings. And and that's appropriate because we are their guides. They do look to us to teach, to teach what is expected and accepted and what will, will not be stood for, what will not be okay with us and with society. 
what does discipline mean then? If we know that we don't want it to mean punishment and that's what it means in the typical sense of the word, then how can we discipline? How can we teach? Let me look at the dictionary definition of discipline for you guys. So I pulled it up. Discipline, number one, the practice of training people to obey rules or a code of behavior using punishment to correct disobedience. And the example here, guys, wait for it, is a lack of proper parental and school discipline. So a lack of proper discipline in this case means a lack of proper punishment, right, in order to teach people to obey rules or codes of behavior. And the other words that went along with this, the synonyms were control, regulation, direction, order, authority, rule. And there are lots of practices, religious practices, mortification, for example, that are kind of born of, a, of this opinion of discipline, right? Practice to this day, including fasting, abstinence, as well as pious kneeling, right? Behaviors that inflict some kind of pain, um, a delay of gratification, and sitting with a big discomfort or even uh, even real bodily pain in order to punish ourselves and or in order to discipline ourselves. The other definition of discipline is a branch of knowledge, typically one studied in higher education, right? We use this to say like the discipline of sociology or the discipline of art, right? The Latin word is discipulus. This is the root of discipline. And that meant instruction or knowledge. And we know this, that disciple, we know, is the word that in truth means student. So there is some roots of discipline that actually mean learning or studying, a branch of knowledge, a branch of higher education. Now, before I go any further, let me just let you know that the show notes for this episode are at theparentingjunkie.com forward slash 16 the number one six. And if you think that it's helpful and interesting and you'd like to share it with anyone that you think might benefit as well, I would absolutely love that. I mean, the best way that you can show me that this podcast is helpful for you and that you like it is by sharing it out with someone who you know and by leaving ratings and reviews, of course. But you can just share it out. You can tag someone on Instagram. You can mention me in your stories uh, or on your posts. I would love to see it. So thank you so much to those of you who keep doing that. It's the highlight of my week. So what happens when we are looking at this discipline word and we think of all these different things, authority, control, punishment, learning, students, we can feel like we have a lack of clarity over, well, what are we supposed to do with our children? Many people write to me and say, you know, I love your show and I love the idea of peaceful parenting and respectful parenting, but I don't know what to do when my child continuously does something that I've told them not to. In other words, I told them, someone wrote to me last week, shout out to, to someone over on the DMs and Instagram. She wrote to me, she said, you know, my child gets very upset about something. He's explosive. He's intense. I've told him he's not allowed to do something like hit his sister. And he storms off in a massive half. He has a big tantrum and he slams the door repeatedly to show me how angry he is. But I've told him he's not allowed to stand, slam the door and he's still doing it. So what do I do? And here's what I wrote to her in so many words, but basically I was trying to convey the message that discipline is not a one and done. Teaching our children, we often feel like it's a one and done, like I've told you the rule and so we're done now. You know the rule, right? I've told you to brush your teeth every morning, to make your bed, to be ready on time. 
I've told you to tidy up when you're done playing. I've told you to eat with a knife and fork. I've told you that hitting is not allowed. I've told you all of these things so you know it. So then why are you still asking? Why are you still behaving in that way? We've been through this before. Do you ever feel like that? Like we've been through this. Why am I still saying this? I certainly feel that way very often. But that is a misconception of ours. That is a misunderstanding of what discipline is. And I'll explain about that soon. But if you think, oh, he's still making a fuss every time I shut the screen off, right? Or she's still using mean words every time her friend comes over, even though they've been told, even though they know that that is not allowed, then you are falling prey to a kind of a fallacy, right? A cognitive distortion that expects discipline to be one and done. It's not. And that's difficult because that means it takes a long time and a lot of patience and consistency. And we don't always have that. We sometimes feel like, hey, you should know this by now. The other thing that comes through from that story of I've told him not to slam the door is words, words, and more words. I think this is sometimes the downfall of respectful parenting and of conscious and peaceful parenting. And a lot of of the things that I love to talk about and think about is that people assume that because it needs to be respectful and peaceful, then it should be through words, that we can't take action, that we need to talk and talk and talk. But I told him not to slam the door. I told her she can punch a pillow, but not the baby. I used words and they were ineffective. So now I'm at a loss for what other tools I could possibly apply here. And then we feel helpless, this sense of it's not working because I said what to do and I said it once and it's not working. It didn't go through. I said it nicely, right? The truth is that there is no magic bullet when it comes to discipline. There are no magic words that you can say all of the skillful parenting communication in the world won't replace true discipline in the way that we're going to talk about soon. It won't replace actual discipline, your discipline. Because discipline is not about the manipulation of punishments and rewards. It's not about the consequences or the lectures. And it's not one and done. What I want to share with you today is the thought that discipline isn't a series of punishments or a series of behaviors and activities that you have to do to discipline your child. You can't do it to them. Discipline, in fact, is a practice. The definition of a practice is the actual application or use of an idea, belief, or method, as opposed to theories relating to it. It's putting it into practice instead of just talking about it and thinking about it. A practice is when you perform an activity or an exercise or a skill repeatedly or regularly in order to improve or maintain one's proficiency. So it's to carry out or perform a particular activity, method or custom habitually or regularly. I think that this is key, this regularly thing. And let's link that back into discipline because We spoke about what discipline, the definition of discipline is. Let's speak about what the definition of to be disciplined is. To be disciplined, right, which is the goal of discipline, is showing a controlled form of behavior or way of working. In other words, some kind of intentionality with the way that we behave. I'm going to brush my teeth. I'm going to use my words instead of my hands. I'm going to use a knife and fork. I'm going to stop throwing food on the floor. I'm going to buckle myself in in the car. These are disciplined behaviors. They're not chaotic. They're not random. They are showing a controlled way of working, a controlled way of doing things, right? 
So what I want to share with you here is discipline isn't something we do to our children. It's something that we ourselves need to be as parents. We need to be disciplined. And to be disciplined is a practice. To be disciplined is regularly applying a method, right, or a skill, and we improve, and we maintain proficiency, and we create a habit, we create regularity. And through that discipline, we can teach. Through showing up regularly and practicing regularly the peaceful parenting tools, the self-regulation tools, the skillful communication tools, the design tools, the flow and schedule tools, all of the different tools that we talk about here, that's how we show up regularly with those things. And then we create a disciplined approach within us and a learning environment for our children. So I'll break this down into three steps of how I think that we can be disciplined and what that means for our child's discipline. So let's take that example of the kid slamming the door, right? Slamming the door and how that applies here. So a child's upset, they've been told that they're not allowed to do something and they run off in a huff and they start slamming the door again and again. Now that child's brain is offline right now. They're in fight, flight or freeze mode. In this case, fight, right? They're slamming a door, they're trying to hit something. Pretty good control that they're not hitting their sister or you, but still not acceptable for us. Slamming a door, probably not acceptable behavior in your house, not acceptable behavior in my house. Why? Because it's destructive and dangerous and disruptive. So whilst we allow feelings, you can be mad, you can be disappointed, you can be super frustrated. My practice here is that I need to show up and stop you from being destructive. So number one is to show discipline. Show, don't tell. We need to model self-discipline with less words and more actions. So sure, we can explain, okay? But ultimately, little children and many adults as well can't endure long lectures. That's simply not how they learn. They will tune you out if you keep talking. So you can stand there and say, I told you not to slam the door. But the fact is that that, that child knows that slamming the door isn't allowed. The reason they're slamming the door isn't because they didn't get the memo, right? It it almost doesn't make sense to stand there and say, you're not allowed to slam the door because it's as if we're ignoring the fact that this is clearly an act of frustration, rebellion. It's a show. It's a show. It's a display of emotion, right? They're trying to get a message across and they're doing it because it's not allowed. And so giving them that information isn't helpful. It's helpful to give a child information when, say, they're not doing something on purpose, right? Like they're climbing up a slippery uh, little hill and they don't realize it's slippery, then we want to say, hey, that hill is slippery. That's giving them helpful information. When they're slamming the door, they know it's not allowed. And so our explanation and words don't help there, right? If they're doing something that they're not allowed to do, the discipline thing for us parents to do, and the way that we can discipline our child, is that we actually need to act. We need to come to the door and stop them physically from slamming it. Yelling at them and saying threats like if you do that one more time, no screen time, blah, blah, blah. This is not discipline. This is not showing a controlled behavior. This is just grasping at straws to somehow manipulate them and scare them into stopping that. And then we get into power struggles. If we 
want to discipline, we need to be disciplined. We have to actually get off our tush, come in close and manage the situation and then accept those emotions that come spilling out. Why don't we go and stop them from slamming the door? Why don't we go and take the toy away when they're throwing it? Why don't we hold them when they're trying to hit their sibling or friend? Maybe we don't do those things because we don't want it to look like we're being aggressive parents, or maybe we don't do it because we're worried we will be too aggressive and hurt them. Maybe we don't do it because it's annoying. We have to get up and we have to get involved and we're, you know, we don't have the patience for it. Or we know that if we go and we hold the door and we don't let our kids slam it anymore, now they're going to start screaming and crying and have a big tantrum and all the feelings are going to come out. And we don't feel like handling that. We are afraid of feelings or it's too much for us or it's overwhelming. And so we just, we just want some magic bullet here. That's the mainstream parenting approach is the punishment, right? Or the reward. Stop slamming the door and you'll get a lollipop. Stop slamming the door or you won't get screen time. Either way, that doesn't teach true discipline. True discipline, I believe, is coming in, joining the child in that space and being the guide that models discipline saying, this is something I won't allow in my home. Slamming the door, I won't allow. Now, obviously, you've made your decision about what that thing is that you're disciplining about and you feel confident and that it it makes sense. And then you hold it. You stay there and you hold a boundary and you let the emotions spill out. Yes, they're going to say you're stupid or I hate you or I'm angry or they're going to cry. And that's a good thing because feelings need to come out. It's just like, it needs to come out, even if it's a bit stinky. It's got to come out. So you let those feelings come out and you manage it. And when we don't do that, it's because we aren't disciplined enough to keep showing up and holding a limit. We think it's one and done, magic bullet. I told you not to slam the door and you still do it. So where's my magic bullet? Where's my button to switch on and off? No, 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 no. It's a practice. We also need to show discipline in our own behavior. Are you slamming a door? Are you yelling? Are you limiting your own screen time? It's very hard and perhaps even a little wrong to expect a discipline of our children that we haven't developed ourselves. More than it being wrong, it's just ineffective, right? Maybe unrealistic. Because when a teacher or a guide expects something of you that they themselves can't do, when your gym coach asks you to lift weights that are heavier than they can do, it's just a little unconvincing, right? It's a little bit hard to believe. And so we're much less likely to handle holding that kind of limit gracefully. We're much less likely to be able to withstand and have the discipline to show up and hold a boundary for something that we ourselves haven't developed. And so we have to develop that discipline to ourselves. If you want your child to stop calling their sibling names, are you disciplined enough to stop calling your mother-in-law names, right? Etc. Not you, one, you know, me, someone. We need to show the discipline with actions, with experiences, with modeling, and not through telling, not through words. The next one is showing up, okay? Actually moving in close. We need to continue showing up if we want to change a behavior, if we want to discipline our child. If you want your child to brush their teeth every single day, you need to habituate that. 
If you want them to be an adult who brushes their teeth without even thinking about it, they get up and they brush their teeth, that's discipline. That is discipline. That's the practice, the habituation, the behavior that we do so regularly that it becomes our norm. So if you want to stop your child biting, your child's biting other children or your child's hitting other children or whatever, we need to come in close. We need to show up every day for it. It's not a one and done. So in the first point, I explained why it's not about words. It's not about saying more things. In the second point, I want to say it's not just once. It's continual. If you think about anything that gets great results, it almost always involves repetition. You can't go to the gym once and get shredded. I've said that before. I'll say it again here. You can't discipline your kid once and expect it to stick. You can't let a baby take one step and then they can run a marathon. All learning evolves on a curve. All learning has a graph of progression and acceleration that is gradual. There might be some steeper learning curves or some less steep learning curves, but that doesn't matter. There's always a curve. You don't run from zero to a hundred with by skipping all the numbers in between. These are gradual steps. They're incremental improvements. So if this time your child manages to slam the door but not slam their baby brother, that's an incremental improvement. The discipline is quote unquote working. If this time your child manages to slam the door 20 times instead of 21 times, that's an incremental improvement. That is learning. That is a quicker reconciliation with their their prefrontal cortex and a quicker ability to regulate themselves. That's, That's to be celebrated. So emotional regulation takes years of parental discipline, of parental study. You need to have the discipline to continue to show up again and again and again to teach kindness and gratitude and regulation and communication and breathing and timings and all the different things that you're teaching with the consequences, with the expectations, with the timings, with whatever it is that you're setting up in place, the empathic limits. You need to continue to follow through. So members of my empathic limits course, you guys will recognize this, but this idea that we hold an empathic limit is all about the follow through. It's all about staying until the end of that cycle, completing cycles to the learning juices, right? To get to the really juicy stuff. You can't just say, well, I told you not to stand the door and then you walk out in a half like, oh, that child will never learn. Well, that child will never learn unless you're willing to stay there, have the discipline to stay there and make the learning habituated, make it follow through, stay until the end, until the cycle calms, right? Until the brain waves are back online. So it's our job to keep showing up, to make it a habit. You know, your parents were disciplined. They themselves were disciplined, which is why you brush your teeth. If you want your child to tidy up their room, you know, if you're not disciplined by making that a habit, by making that come up, you know, expectation, a reality every single day or close to it, then it's a lacking discipline, right? I am not disciplined enough at getting my kids to keep their room tidy or or to, to make their beds. And so it's, you know, half in, half out. It doesn't always happen. The things that we want to really work on are the things that we ourselves need to be disciplined about. I'll give you another example. Often parents have difficulty leaving 
right? Leaving the park, leaving a play date, leaving the school. Why? Because the kids, I said a hundred times to leave and they, you didn't get your shoes on and you, you're still talking to your friends, etc. right? Have you been in this situation? I certainly have. I want to go. I know that I need to leave by 4 p.m. It's five to four. And I tell my kids, we're leaving in five minutes, get your shoes on. And they're still playing. And then I say, hey, get your shoes on, we're leaving. And then it's you know, three to four and they're still not ready. And then it's two to four. And now it's four o'clock and now I'm annoyed because we're not out the door in time. And what was I doing all of that time? Was I still carrying on a conversation with my friend? Yes. Was I running to the bathroom? Yes. Was I checking my phone? Yes. Was I being disciplined? No. (laughs) But then of course I'm annoyed at my kids because they weren't being disciplined and I'm expecting more discipline of a bunch of little kids than I am of myself. If I want to get out at four o'clock, I know how. And if I don't get out at four o'clock, it's only due to my own lack of discipline. I wasn't showing up. I was abdicating my power, my role, and my authority, and my obligation as a parent to follow through, to show up, to say what I mean, to mean what I say, to guide my children that this is happening now for reals, that I'm not going to say it a million times. I'm actually going to follow through. So if your shoes aren't on and mine are, and I'm heading out the door, then I'm heading out the door and you're going to catch up. Yeah, I'll wait for you. Of course I will. I'll be kind to you. Of course I will. I don't need to yell at you or shame you, but I mean what I say and I'm going to follow through on it. When I do it that way, we always get out on time. So if you're just throwing words around, like it's time to go, or we need to tidy up, or you should do your homework or all sorts of things but you don't have the wherewithal to really show up for it fully committed for real with follow through, then yeah, there's not going to be discipline in that area. And that's okay too. It's okay. Just try not to get frustrated by that because we get what we pay for. And if we won't pay with our attention and pay with our commitment and pay with our follow through, then we won't get it. That's okay. There are many things that we don't have disciplined in our family And I'm okay with that because that's life, you know? Not everything can be so disciplined. But when we want discipline, when we want to see results, then it it takes attention. It takes true commitment. And the final point is, remember the meaning of of disciple, of being a student, of learning. Remember what a learning curve looks like. And remember that we, as parents, are ever-learning students of the discipline of parenting, of our children, of ourselves, of the ever-shifting and changing personalities and needs and temperaments and beliefs and values that occur in our families. And remember that we're like scientists, you know, we continue to adjust and test and control for different variables and analyze and try and understand what does and doesn't work. And we can forget that one and done obedience expectation and instead connect to the learning process connect to the idea that we show up every day and we observe and witness and try and test and this time you slam the door 15 times and this time you slam the door once and I'm going to be a student of that I'm going to look within myself and look within you and try to read what's going on here what's the true meaning why is this happening what, what is it trying to tell us? What can we learn from it, right? Students learn better with a teacher who believes in them and notices their advancements and believes that it's okay. What you did here was okay. It was a mistake 
or it was misguided, or it's not ideal, but it's okay. It's a learning opportunity. So if you have thoughts in your mind like she keeps doing this, or she always, or she never, right? Start to take note of the learning process. Start to believe in the ability to shift and change as things go on. So maybe she was a fussy eater yesterday, but maybe today she isn't going to be. And with practice and discipline and me continuing to show up, continuing to hold the expectation, continuing to provide the tools and the belief for the behavior change, it can happen. We've got to create that environment so that people can learn. When there's a teacher or a parent who's not believing, you know, in that change or in the disciplined approach of continuing along a path until it takes hold as a habit, of continuing the practice with kindness, with generosity, with a lot of self-compassion along the way, then children might not be open to learning. They might not be open to stopping to do what they're doing, to develop a different habit instead. I have one wonderful client who was dealing with biting in her child, dealing with a pretty severe biting behavior that kept reoccurring. And she was pretty traumatized by it. And shout out to you if you're listening, you know who you are. And when we spoke, it had been about three or four years of this biting going on, and it had become part of their identity. And although she had really worked on this and figured it out and done a lot of progress and practice with her child, and although her child was actually making great strides to come out of this biting behavior, she hadn't recognized their progress. And she kept saying she was kind of stuck in that traumatized state. It was almost like a PTSD kind of reaction to the idea that my child is a biter. Kind of taking on that label and say, well, that's just what's going on. That's just who he is. And, and that's who we are. We're, you know, I'm the mother of a biter. And I wanted to encourage her to note, well, how often did he used to bite? She said it used to be, you know, two or three times a day. It was, it was crazy. And I said, and how often does he bite now? She's like, mm, probably less than once a week. I said, well, that, that's incredible progress. That's amazing. You guys have really you're coming out of it. You can see the light at the end of the tunnel. And she hadn't taken the time to notice, oh, wow, maybe we are. Maybe we've really made some great strides and maybe I don't need to label ourselves or my son as a biter. Maybe that was something, a behavior that he had and now he's coming out of it. So if your child has a behavior, in order to be a good student, they need you to believe and to create those conditions for them to disconnect and dis di disassociate from that part of themselves, the part that is the biter or the door slammer or the name caller, right? They need us to believe that they can advance and that will allow them to become more disciplined in that area. So when we ourselves are disciplined, when we practice what we preach, showing up, following through regularly, and then noticing the baby steps and incremental improvements, that's when we can see true results. It's not a one and done. It's not about more and more words. And you don't need punishments or rewards in order to change behaviors. You just need to be disciplined. 
Hey, before you go, can I let you know about something super exciting that's going on really soon? If you are catching this basically as it airs, then we are running a three-week challenge to reclaim play. In it, you'll get actionable tools to create a childhood you both can enjoy, and you'll go through the videos and PDF guides, all free by the way, together with thousands of other like-minded parents. If you would love to join me on this incredible three-week challenge and make real transformations in a really short time, go to theparentingjunkie.com forward slash challenge and sign up. I would love to see you on the inside. Thanks for listening to The Parenting Junkie Show. If this was helpful for you, I would be so appreciative if you would subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. Subscribing to the show means you'll get the bonus episodes that I only deliver here. And when you rate and review the show, it helps other parents find it. I'll be shouting out some of my favorite reviews in upcoming episodes and would love to spotlight you. And remember, keep on loving parenting and parenting from love. Namaste.